Palm Sunday was the festival of the Passover, a time when Jews gathered from all over the known world in the holy city of Jerusalem. The city was packed with pilgrims and with Roman soldiers. The Passover was both a time of praise and plea for Jews, praise for God's liberation of their ancestors from Egyptian slavery and pleas for their own liberation from the domination of Rome. It was a volatile time, a time when unrest could easily spark into rebellion, and the Roman government knew it. In their book, The Last Week, what the Gospels really teach about Jesus' final days in Jerusalem, Marcus Borg and John Dominic Croson imagine a scene at the beginning of the festival. Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Idumea, Judea, and Samaria, entered Jerusalem at the head of a column of imperial cavalry and horse soldiers. Imagine the imperial's procession into the arrival in the city, a visual panoply of imperial power, cavalry on horses, foot soldiers, leather armaments, helmets, weapons, banners, golden eagles mounted on poles, sun glinting on metal and gold, sounds, the marching of feet, the creaking of leather, the clinking of bridles, the beating of drums, the swirling of dust, the eyes of the onlookers, some curious, some awed, some resentful. While there was indeed a heightened military presence in Jerusalem on Jewish feast days, that such a show of power actually took place is mere speculation. But if it did, it would certainly contrast with the procession on the other side of the city, making its way down from the Mount of Olives, from whose slope tradition held the Messiah would come. It's a ragtag parade at best. Those who participate in this parade are not ordinary people. They are ordinary people, not soldiers. Instead of armor, they are wearing their ordinary clothes. Instead of weapons and banners, they are waving branches. Instead of the sounds of marching feet and rattling armor, there are shouts and songs. And in the middle of this procession is a man riding on a young donkey. Donkey. Not the chariot or a horse of a man of wealth and power, but a poor man's mount, a beast of burden. The man, of course, is Jesus. Earlier that day, and he and his disciples approached the outskirts of Jerusalem, he had sent two of his followers on an errand you've heard about several times now, an unusual errand with very specific instructions. Go into the village ahead of you, and when you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untie it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. As I reminded the children, Jesus and the disciples walked everywhere. Why would Jesus suddenly need to borrow a donkey? Maybe the answer is to be found in part in the words that the disciples shout and sing as they spread their cloaks on the ground in front of the donkey's hooves. The words of Psalm 118, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. The details matter here. 
The original wording is, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The gospel writer's substitution of the word king tells us something about what this multitude of disciples believe. And so do the words that follow, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. This phrase should sound a little familiar, for it echoes the song sung by another multitude, a multitude of the heavenly host as they announce the birth of a savior to a group of shepherds watching their flocks by night near Bethlehem. Clearly, Jesus' disciples believe that he is the Christ, the Messiah, Israel's king. King riding a donkey? Yes. After the donkey is procured, Jesus appears to let the disciples take over, passively allowing them to put together a makeshift saddle and to help him to mount. But make no mistake, Jesus knows exactly what he is doing here. By riding a donkey into the city of Jerusalem, he is intentionally enacting an ancient prophecy from the ninth chapter of Zechariah. Rejoice, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious as he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Jesus' choice to ride a scruffy little donkey is often interpreted as a sign of his humility. And while this may be so, I think that his choice means much more. He is, in his own way, proclaiming who he is, the King, the Messiah, the Christ. Though they don't understand exactly what Jesus is doing, Jesus' disciples are ecstatic. However, not everyone in this crowd is happy with what's going on. Some Pharisees call out to Jesus, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And here again, Jesus tips his hand. I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would cry out. Reverend Janet Hunt ponders yet another dimension to the donkey ride. She writes, in keeping with this prophecy, it was a sign and symbol to all those who witnessed Jesus' entrance to Jerusalem that God was not yet done with them. More than that, the prophet speaks the truth that the one riding the donkey has been sent to offer the world another way, another path to victory, another avenue, an avenue to true peace. And this other way, it surely flew in the face of the chosen values and methods of the powers of this world. It still does. As the Christ, Jesus could have entered the city of Jerusalem backed by all the powers of heaven. But instead, in the words of the second chapter of Philippians, Jesus emptied himself of divine power and glory. Instead of advancing on the city in royal array, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This was the way in which Jesus was riding, the way of the cross. 
William Carter writes, Jesus rides no high horse, but a, just a lowly coat. He chooses to enter a deadly situation without force or protection. He gives himself freely and without reservation. This is a prophetic act, a sign of God's vulnerable love, which risks everything and promises to gain all. This is the means by which God creates peace. It seems that Jesus really did need that donkey. I think that Jesus also needed his followers, his disciples, to borrow that donkey. And perhaps in that moment, he needed their faith and exuberant confidence to give him the courage to begin the journey that would end, not with shouts of praise and acclamation, but with cries demanding his death. I also wonder if Jesus might need us as well. As I suggest to the children, I think he needs us to pay attention to him, to listen to him, and that especially in this holy week, he needs us to remember, to spend time pondering and praying to make the journey to the cross with him. To that end, I hope you will indeed look at that list of holy, holy week events and take part in them, because they will help us to walk on that journey. And Jesus, I think, needs more. Listen to this meditation by Steve Garnis Holmes. My dear one, your heart, your time, your prayer, your imagination, your faith, and your doubt, I need it. Your thoughts, your voice, the way you treat strangers, I need it. I need your presence where there is hurt. I need your risk in loving those who are hard to love, your vulnerability in caring for what is heartbreaking, your hope in the dawn, long before the dawn. I need you to convey me into the city, to bear me into people's hearts. You, donkey plain, ordinary and waiting, you are what I need. Listen. I have sent my servants to untie you. You, donkey plain, ordinary and waiting, you are what I need. Jesus no longer needs a donkey to convey his message. No, now he needs me and he needs you, each one of you. He needs our voices, our hands and feet, our minds and hearts. By the grace of God, Christ unties us from our guilt and fear so that we might carry his message of love and peace into our homes, our workplaces, our community, and beyond. He needs me and he needs you. The disciples tell the donkey's owners, the Lord needs it. The Lord also needs us. Let us walk with him into Holy Week, listening to his words, remembering his passion, and bearing him in our hearts to others, the hearts of others. Amen.